Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. Former Major League Baseball pitcher Jaime Garcia spent his life seeking approval and acceptance, carrying that need into the big leagues. That changed when he met people of integrity who spoke words of life over him. Pastor Charlie Martinez grew up as a pastor's kid and shares how he found his own affirmation in our Heavenly Father. Join Jaime and Charlie as they share how you too can find affirmation, approval, and acceptance in the Lord. After the episode, check out our show notes on your favorite streaming platform and visit awardinseasonpodcast.org. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. Great to have some guests with me today that I really highly respect and admire. I've gotten to know Pastor Charlie Martinez, the pastor of Vital Church near McAllen, Texas, maybe over two years ago, we were connected and really felt an affinity and relationship. And he's hosted me as we did a roundtable for the Rio Grande Valley for pastors and leaders uh, some time back. And then most recently, a few weeks ago, Pastor Charlie had me come and minister at this great church. And it was during that meeting that the pastor said that there was a professional baseball player that would like to meet with me, come to find out. Jaime Garcia was a starting pitcher with a 2011 World Series St. Louis Cardinals. Both of these men, what I really respect about them, as highly successful, motivational leaders they are, they walk in great humility. I mean, confidence in the Lord, but humility. And that's very attractive to the Lord, as I've shared over the years with all of those that are listening, that there are four primary things that attract the presence of God and for His favor, and that's holiness, humility, honesty, and honor. When we learn to honor God and honor people, there's those things attractive to God. I find these qualities in these two men. I'm going to start with Pastor Charlie Martinez, who is obviously passionate about spreading the transformational gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what I love about both of you men, that you have a unique speaking style. It has passion, humor, clarity, and I would say prophetic clarity, because even though you incorporate passion with humor, there is a prophetic clarity and also conviction that comes in that. It's almost like I used to say, wow, that hurts so good. In the fitness business, I used to say, no pain, no gain. Now, oh Lord, make it hurt so good. Charlie, you have an incredible ability to do that. And you actually were called to ministry at the age 16. Tell us a little bit about yeah. your journey, and then we'll go into a little bit about your story and then and then how you connected with, uh, with Jaime Garcia. Sure. Well, I grew up a pastor's kid. And like most every pastor's kid, you know, you grow up not wanting to pursue ministry. You want to do everything but pastoral ministry. And that was my story. Uh, just because of some of the things that we lived and some of the disillusionment that comes with having a front row seat to everything having to do with ministry and uh, leading a church. It took a supernatural encounter to convince me that this was my calling. And, and even though I grew up a pastor's kid and was kind of groomed for ministry, I was running away from it. But I remember it was a youth convention. There was a few thousand young people there. And through a vision, uh, the speaker was uh, preaching his sermon. And all of a sudden, I opened my eyes. And it's, I see myself on the stage. And I, I'm still hearing the preacher, but I'm seeing me on the stage. And, um, you know, that was the first time where I felt that was, I was, at, that was 15 years old. And I felt that God was calling me to ministry. And then I came back home from that event. And every single event that I went to the rest of that year, any special event in the area that had to do with church or youth, there was a prophetic word. People would call me out from the crowd and say, hey, God is uh, calling you out. You are called to ministry. This is what you were born to do. Uh, there's a voice that needs to be heard within you. And uh, so confirmation after confirmation until it just become, became something that I you know, deemed undeniable. I, could, I had to accept it. And so at 16, I, I turned 16 years old. And uh, at that time, I was a, leading a radio program. Uh, I'm skipping a lot of details, but I was doing a radio program and somebody heard me on the radio, a pastor, and said, I need you to come and minister to our young people at uh, church. And I said, I'm not a minister. I'm not a pastor. He says, I've heard you on the radio and what you do is ministry. And uh, so uh, that was my first invitation. And then God just started opening doors uh, from there. 
So at uh, 19, I graduated from the local Bible Institute uh, under the Assemblies of God covering. And then at 21, I became the youth pastor uh, at my dad's church. I served there for 13 years. In 2012, we felt the call to leave Westaco, my hometown, to go to McAllen, where I was living at. At the time, it's about a 25-minute drive. And uh, we felt the call to plant Vital Church. And we started the first Sunday of 2013. And it was a small hotel conference room that were, was lent to us. And we, we started there from the bottom, just uh, put up a couple of speakers and cameras, started preaching the gospel, started inviting families, started inviting friends, started spreading the word through social media any which way that we could. Uh, we never did interest meetings. We never did, uh, you know, anything uh, like what is done nowadays uh, before you launch a church. We were just so naive to think that God could honor our obedience, and he did. <laughs> so church started growing. You know, here we are years later. I think I met Jaime a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, Jaime, two years ago, perhaps. Just walked into one of our services. Uh, somebody online had invited him. And I remember the day, uh, clearly, I was on stage. It was the end of my sermon. We did an altar call. And I saw this tall, slender, muscular man, you know, with his goatee and his beard. But he was standing out in the crowd, not just because of everything that I just mentioned, but he was worshiping God with a passion. He had his hands raised. I mean, he was screaming out the song he was pouring his heart out before God and it was just something that from the stage I gravitated to him like look at this young man whoever he is uh, I mean he's just passionate about the Lord and uh, after service somebody comes to tell me do you realize who's in the service do you realize who came and I'm like no and they said Jaime Garcia World Series champion pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals and uh, you know major league career and I was like, hey, I'd love to meet the guy. Well, he's outside the door. So they brought him in. And it happens to be the guy that I had just seen worshiping his heart out. Wow. That was my first impression of Jaime. I'll never forget that scene, how somebody that is so accomplished would just come and say, hey, I've been crowned uh, a World Series champion in the secular world, in the sports world. I have so much going for me in the secular world. But here in the presence of God, my crown I'll take it off and I'll put it at God's feet. And uh, that's just the man that he is getting to know him. I know that what I saw that first service is just a reflection of who he is at the core. He's passionate about God ever since uh, he met the Lord and getting to know his testimony a little bit. He's been pursuing God with that passion. And so it's just been so inspiring. You know, Pastor Doug, that when you see something like that, it just it inspires you to, to continue Amen. doing what you do and uh, to continue to do it with humility. Well, I want to transition a moment and, and just uh, let's talk to, to Jaime in a minute. But I have to ask you, I noticed you have an Oakland Raiders thing behind you. Obviously, you're an Oakland Raiders fan. I am, yes. I have to tell you a story of the time that I was invited to do the chapel service for the Raiders and Cowboys up in Dallas. And it was a preseason wow. game. They flew me up and I, I did the, the chapel for the uh, Oakland Raiders their flight came in late, but they still came to chapel anyway. It was late at night. And uh, and so that was back in the days of Tim Brown and uh, Wisnowski, Wisniewski. In fact, uh, his older brother used to work for me back in the fitness business days, Leo Wisnowski, who used to uh, work for me during the summers when he was at Penn State before he went to Indianapolis and then, wow. uh, then uh, got injured and left the NFL. And then their sister has been a part of our ministry for quite a few years, doing a lot of it. Uh, ministry to motorcycle people and outreaches. And, and so there's been some history there all these years, but I went to do the chapel for the Raiders in Dallas. And we had a really good time because I, I remember specifically, I said, there's life beyond the NFL. Are you sowing your life in such a way to, to be excellent on the field and in your sport? But are you also sowing to your future beyond the sport? We had a great time. People responded man to man. I mean, guys high-fiving and, you know, awesome. repenting of sins. It was beautiful, but they lost like 50 something to like 13. <laughs> I can't remember. It was a pretty bad loss the next day. And the chaplain for the, the Raiders said, Doug, it was two weeks later. He goes, 
Doug, it's been like we were at like a great Texas barbecue. We can still smell the aroma of the barbecue from that chapel service, but we wow. can never have you back again. I said, why? Because we lost by such a so large bad. margin. And I thought, oh man, I heard yesterday that uh, Benny Perez, you know Benny up in Las yes. Vegas? He sure. is now the chaplain for the uh, Raiders now that they're in Vegas. I'm yes. like, oh, maybe he'll invite me up to go share at a chapel up well, there. Well, their car. Yeah, Derek Carr, the quarterback, is actually a member at Benny's church, and so, oh, and okay. he is he is a bona fide believer, and uh, he preaches. I've seen him on Benny's stage a couple of times, and he's a great communicator. And uh, so, I don't know if that's probably where the connection comes from. But when his brother was part of the franchise team here at Houston, the Texans, mm -hmm. and played here, I, I remember he and, and his brother and his dad they used to have a Bible study on a regular basis here in town in Houston. So obviously. They have a great rooting in the in the gospel. Praise God. Amen. Well, well, Jaime, what a pleasure to have you all with us today. I know that you're you've just been in meetings and taking care of a lot of things. So thanks for taking the time to be with us. But I was really personally touched by your passion, even as Pastor Charlie was saying how first time his impression of you, not even knowing who you were, saw you in, in passionate worship to the Lord and and you stood out in the midst of worship and then come to find out who you were and that God had done a great work in your life and such a great testimony. And then I found the same when you introduced yourself a few weeks ago when I was ministering there at McCallum. In fact, Vital Church is one of the significant churches of the whole Rio Grande Valley and beyond and one of the fastest growing ministries and churches there, not because they're trying to do that, but because there's an authenticity of the presence of God that people are attracted to. And, and a real sensitivity of the community and community outreach. But Jaime, when you introduced yourself, we had some relationship understanding of what it means to persevere through challenging times. And tell us a little bit about your journey in the Lord. And, and obviously, you know, everybody knows you as a World Series baseball pitcher with the, the Cardinals, and we can talk about that in a minute. But give us your journey. What brought you to the place of a revelation of who Jesus is and, and that passion that you have now for the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, you two guys for having me in this time. I'm so appreciate you both. And I admire you a lot in the Lord. And this is really an honor to get to be a part of this with, you know, be considered as a passionate follower or, or, or leader for Christ. So thank you so much, Pastor Doug, for having me. And where to start? Thank you so much, Pastor Charlie, for those kind words. It really means a lot. Same for you, Pastor Doug. And it's just, it's just a light, man. You, you can't hide the light, right? It's just, it, it just flows through me, that, that passion and just passionate and love with Christ. I love him so much. So grateful. And where did that start? I mean, it was, it was the complete opposite of you. Any of you guys would have met me years back when I began to go to church. I was the complete opposite of that person. I was the person that was all the way to the back. And like, please don't look at me. I don't like, I'm not going to, I don't want to be the center of attention because I grew up, I grew up uh, with a lot of shame, a shame, fear driven life, uh, didn't have an identity. And, and that was my, that was my, 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 you know, my driver. That was what driving me to become successful in baseball and to be the most disciplined person in every team that I've ever played since I was probably eight years old until I retired. There's nobody that worked harder than myself, but I did grow up under a lot of, a, a lot of humiliation, a lot of shame, a lot of depression, anxiety. On top of that, a, a big time learning disability in school. So the difference between me and, and Pastor Charlie and Pastor Doug, like people that met me at 15 years old, all they got, it was just a dumb, stupid, ignorant kid. Because somebody that anytime they said something, it was a dumb thing, right? Because if you're if you're struggling with ADD combined with, with a lot of shame in your life, you're completely ignorant because you can't sit still, you can't learn, you can't speak, you can't read. It was the complete opposite, right? It's just always that not enough feeling of trying to earn approval and trying to trying to be famous and be somebody so I would be loved and accepted first by my family like I, I felt like I didn't have the love of my of my dad and the only way to and this is this is what I tell people is like I didn't I didn't want to be famous and make a lot of money so my dad would love me I just initially when I started dreaming about being a baseball player it said that he wouldn't be as angry as he was when I, I didn't perform well so it's just like keep him keep him happy keep him because I don't I don't have one single memory 
and, and that's a different topic, right? But I don't have one single good memory with my dad as a kid where he allowed me to be a kid and I enjoyed the game or I had a, a fun comfort. Now he's my best friend and Pastor Charlie knows him. He's in the word, he's growing. But I, I didn't, he, he took the, the joy out of the game because of its own sin, his own shame, and he didn't know how to do it. But that was, that was how I grew up. That was the perspective, the, the belief system that I grew up in when I began, I guess, to pursue the dream of becoming famous and in, in a major league baseball player, right? And that I'm in love with scripture and I love Jesus and I'm in the word and I have been in the word for years now. I just see that that's what God is looking for, right? He's not looking for the kid that grew up in church that is just so intelligent and so articulate like Pastor Charlie. I mean, he's got the heart. He's got it all, man. Like he's got, he's ooh, it's good as he gets, but but he's not looking for the people that are perfectly equipped and, and grew up in a perfect environment. It's the complete opposite. He's looking for, for willingness to submit, to obey, to, you know, it's that humble heart that is just crying out loud for him. And that's all I had going for me. It really is. I mean, I, I didn't, people may say, well, you were so talented at baseball. You had to get, yeah, I did, but I was never the most talented anywhere I played, even, even in high school. I mean, it, all the records that I did when I was a good high school pitcher in McAllen and Cherryland, but there's a lot of kids who already broke my records. Like it's not, I'm not standing up there as like the best state of Texas, whatever. No, I was drafted. I was a nobody, but all I had, it was a willingness that was developed through shame and insecurity. There was nobody even close that was willing to sacrifice and to submit and to do whatever he needed. That combined with the humble heart, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole story, but it's just a humble heart that was just so broken, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, crying out for something else and, and not knowing there was a, 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 there was a person that gave it all for me that died on the cross, that resurrected, so I would have a new life, not knowing that, just crying out loud and saying, if there anybody out there listening to me, I need help, right? I never specifically thought about suicide, but I was close to it at the worst times of my life. And then that's it. I think the rest of it, I can't take credit for it, man. I can't come up here and say, oh, look at how amazing and courageous I am. No, all I did is just, I started showing up and, and he got a hold of my heart. And he started maneuvering me. He started placing people around my ear that I that needed to be there. I needed to be with the Cardinals because that was one of the very few teams, the only team in the major leagues that had guys that not only guys that were Christians, but guys that were walking in integrity. Guys that had what you two guys, what you two guys, what I saw in you two guys from the moment I met you, which is the the that you guys are both articulate, you're both talented, you're so good at what you do, but you're not more, you're, you're not leading out of your talent or your gifts. You're leading out of the integrity of heart, right? You're leading how you treat people. The same person that Pastor Charlie is on the, uh, on the pulpit is the same person that you, that you meet when he's doing, interacting. And that's what attracted me the most, that I'd never seen integrity of heart in a person, right? And that was the Lord, man. And these players, they're my brothers now. They were some of the best players on the team. And there was the same person when they won a game, when they lost a game, there was the same person with their kids at home, when they were on the road. Uh, it was the same person. It was one person at all times. And those were the people that accepted me, that brought me in, that loved me, that listened to me, that cared for me. I'm like, I, I want that. I didn't even know it was Christianity. So that's why, that's why I said, it's like, that's, it, it just learns to simplify life, man. We, we get in the way, we complicate things when we're like, he takes care of the rest. All we got to do is just, just go to the throne of grace. Even if you don't know there's a throne of grace, just go get on your knees and, and cry out loud and say, here I am. Like, I need help and I'm willing to do what I want you. Like, I, I want your glory. I want your purpose. I, whatever it is. And the rest is history. A lot of people talk about, well, I can't do this and I can't do that because I grew up in a dysfunctional environment or home and we make all these excuses. But I think any one of us three could tell the story that what you see today is not how it always was. We had challenges. I was thinking about your story. You were afraid of your dad being angry. And, uh, and I remember my stepfather, who uh, you probably have seen the movies, the stories about uh, the Little League uh, World Series and Little League teams that it was a, a team in the U.S. and a team from Mexico, and they, they played. And so I think my stepdad was a part of that, and he was on the Little League team that lost. But he was always a good baseball player. And I remember 
even in high school, when I was playing baseball, I was second base. Somebody threw the ball. I tagged second. The runner was out. I threw it as hard as I could to first base. I barely got it there, but we got a double play. So my friends were all excited. But in the crowd, there was a man cursing me. It was my dad. It was my stepdad because I didn't do it fast enough and good enough. I could never please him. But yet, no matter what we've been through, we can turn our negative situations in the Lord to bring glory to God and turn it into a benefit like you did. You found affirmation, approval, and acceptance in the Lord through God's people. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men, they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father in heaven. That's the difference between those who just say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, or they do the Christian sign when they hit a home run or whatever it is. But there's something authentic about men like you, the two of you, that it's not about having to put on a show. It's who you are. It's the essence of Christ, the hope of glory in you now. And that comes through a process, doesn't it? Where now you found complete affirmation, acceptance, and approval in the Lord that helped you to know how to minister to your father, who now you have this great relationship. And thank God I can say my dad and my stepfather, I was able to lead to the Lord and had a great relationship before they passed through military-related cancers. But, you know, we can turn our bad situations or negative situations into opportunities and actually uh, grow through those, can't we? Absolutely. Every single memory that I have of, of me playing Little League, it, it was, it's humiliation. Literally being on a pitching mound and my dad yelling at me, hitting me in front of my kid, in front of my friends. So think about how humiliating is that for a seven, eight-year-old where your kids, your friends are making fun of you because of your dad, right? And you're so afraid. Like people, which my book would be coming out, which is a, it's 100% ministry. And the title of the book is going to be Hands in the Dirt. So people that followed my career understand that I always had sweaty hands and I always went to the dirt trying to uh, wipe the sweat out. But, you know, I get more into details in the book, but just think about the amount of humiliation, how ashamed, how nervous I was that I always had sweaty hands and I was so uncomfortable and afraid on the mound. But the beauty of it is that I even took that into the major leagues, Pastor Doug, because you're talking about the process, right? The transformation and complete healing and like we're new creations, like literally have the perspective of Christ. It is, it takes years. And I think it's so impactful for parents nowadays. I'm not a parent yet, but it's just what parents do with their belief system, with the words they talk into a kid that you're going to take it into your twenties, thirties, and it's going to affect every area of your life. I remember being on a pitching mound, my dad being in the stands and still having memories of like trying to convince him and trying to keep him happy, right? And, and, and remember that it's never going to be good enough. And I always performed bad when my dad was around. So that's why I hated going to Houston, because when I pitched in Houston, the whole family was there. So having a lot of family, it just brought memories back. And there was some trauma that hadn't healed completely, right? But it was the blood of Jesus, man. It was just, uh, it's just becoming one, single-minded, connected, and understanding what he did on the cross and what that really means for us. And it changes your perspective and go, I understand that the real enemy is not my dad. He did the best he could. His mom abandoned him when he was three years old, right? So he never had the love. He never, he didn't know what grace, how, how to speak to a child. Nobody taught him. It's just like you begin to see the things from a different perspective. You begin to let go, but it is a process and it took some time. But now I can honestly say that I love that man so much. And we've had conversations where he's gone through some stuff. He's gone through some battles, but I choose to be there. Not because just, yeah, he is my dad and I honor him, but it's just because it's the same love that got a hold of my heart, even when I didn't deserve it, when I was so far away from home and just continuing to be there. It's just pretty amazing how with the cross, what the blood of Jesus can do, man. So Charlie, I want you to address some of this in a moment. And Jaime, I was watching some of your live broadcasts that you do on social media. And I had my wife, Lisa, translate for me. And one of the things I noticed that I heard in one of them, you were talking about Pastor Charlie. I love the way that even when you're on these other platforms, that you are honorable to your pastor here, who has, you know, you become friends. And of course, we met because of Pastor Charlie. But there's something about honor. When you even, as you honored your father, even through the challenges of your testimony, as I learned to even look to the windows of the soul of my stepfather, who was an atheist, alcoholic, and abusive when I was growing up, was able to turn that around and see the windows of their soul and begin to minister to them, that's honoring. I could honor my 
father and stepfather, even though they didn't deserve certain places of respect. But because of the office of father, I had to show honor, even if I was concerned or challenged or frustrated or angry. And I think that's something that Pastor Martinez, you had been able to do through as a pastor and all these years of ministry is being able to look at the windows of people's souls and realizing what you see is not the end result. That's the compensatory facade. That's where people compensate on the outside for the insecurity of the hurts on the inside. And because of that, as a pastor, share with us a little bit about how we can minister to people, even though their outside persona may reflect one arena, but really deep down, everyone's longing for a place of acceptance and approval. You know, that last phrase that you said is very telling. We all have that longing and most of our bad memories come from those times where we were searching for affirmation. We were searching for acceptance, whether it was from our parents or from a leader. In my case, hearing, hearing you guys speak, no doubt growing up a pastor's kid was a blessing. But the dichotomy of growing up a pastor's kid is that it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. I grew up in a very legalistic, religious environment where there was unrealistic expectations over you as the pastor's kid. And, uh, you know, I remember being 12 years old and being expected to be an example for 16, 17 year olds. And uh, there was that phrase always hanging over us and our parents would repeat it. You all have to be the example. You all have to be the example. And so it was hard because you were trying to please not just your parents now, you're trying to please uh, an entire congregation and just living under the weight of other people's expectations. And at the end of the day, it comes back to acceptance. I learned as a kid now the difference, I can see it now as an adult and as a parent myself, there's a difference between raising your child in church and raising your child in Christ. Mm. There's a difference because when you raise your child in church, you're trying to appease, you're trying, you're trying to get the approval of people, you're trying to live up to an image. And the difference when you raise a child in Christ, you're not performing to gain acceptance. I look at the life of Jesus when he was tempted in the desert. And right before that, we see the heavens open up as he's being baptized. You know, we hear the, the voice of the father from heaven saying, this is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. And then Jesus goes on to defeat temptation. And then Jesus goes on to begin his ministry. And Jesus goes on to do a bunch of miracles. What's telling to me is how God, the father approved of his son before he performed any miracles, before he preached any sermons. I've discovered that the beauty about Christ is that with people, your performance gardeners their approval. With Christ, his approval allows you to perform up to the identity that you're given in Christ. And we all have a longing, you said that, to, to feel acceptance. And one of the beauties about being a pastor now and uh, being able to see that is that people come, they're hungry for God. Sometimes we don't have the best point of reference. You know, we know that God is our heavenly father, but because we didn't have great earthly fathers, you know, most people nowadays, we don't have a good reference. So getting the privilege to reveal God to people through his word, being able to express to them his love and his grace, and just being able to see people's souls and even in their faces and their semblance you can see how when the revelation hits them there's a sense of like oh wait a minute there, there's a sense of relief i'm not defined by my past mistakes i'm not defined by the things that i i'm not proud of in my past and here's the beauty you said at the beginning pastor doug of your question we're all in, in the process and if you study scripture from beginning to end god never chose people for who they were he chose them for who they were going to become. And God sees that potential in us. And as a pastor, I think that's one of my duties to try to see beyond the outside, to try to see beyond the facade and look at the potential. And when you can see with the eyes of Christ, the potential in people, and then you get to be a part of the extracting of that potential you, you get to be a part of the process just by shepherding them and being there for them i mean it is so fulfilling it is so rewarding that's my greatest joy as a pastor to see people's lives transformed and seeing them fulfill that potential that 
has already been planted in them. You know, God put it there. And so, you know, being able to just see the process is so amazing. Well, both of you have been talking about something I want to kind of segue into because the difference between the presence of God and having people to get a revelation of who the Lord is versus being accepted because of performance. There's an ancient Greek word for performer or stage actor, and that word's called hypocrite. So we get the word hypocrite as meaning the stage actor, the actor, the performer. So these are people who who are playing a character that's not really them. And that's where we get the word hypocrite from. And too many people, even in the Christian world, feel they have to perform and they're becoming who they're not really are. They have to learn to accept who they are in Christ. Let God develop in us who we're called to be. I can't be each of you. You can't be me. But together we get to be part of something greater than ourselves. And they take the gifts of each of us and we are able to do more together than we can separately. I mean, I want you to talk about this because I know Pastor Charlie alluded to this as well. I've had to go through these things. But to get to the place of success, it comes through times of challenges and it comes through times that could make you want to quit. And so I want to touch on that in a moment, because one of my spiritual fathers who founded the Christian Men's Network around the world, the late Edwin Lewis Cole, who wrote Maximize Manhood, Communication, Sex and Money, and so many others, he used to say this term, champions are not those who never fail, but those who never quit. Champions are not those who never fail, but those who never quit. And something you said earlier, Jaime, was about showing up. Sometimes you have to be the most disciplined, show up, but it's not about quitting. It's about pressing through, even when it seems like all odds are against you. And you and I have had conversations. I know you've had conversations with Pastor Charlie as well, that your journey to the big leagues was not easy. And you had to be determined to look past your immediate situations and challenges and I'm sure it's going to be in your in your book, Hands in the Dirt book, because I can't wait to read that, because I think it will be far more than just a sports book. It'll be about for all of us. How do we persevere through our difficulties? And Jaime, if you'll just encourage those who are listening or watching later uh, a little bit about how to persevere even through what seems like impossible circumstances, even in your own life. You're listening to you guys getting fired up here, just like Pastor Charlie said. I mean, it's... I'm just going to add a little bit on what he was talking about, just about seeing people not for where they're at, but it's what they can become in Christ. I still remember like it was yesterday. That's what marked me. It's not when somebody came and told me the Bible says you're doing wrong, but when somebody saw and spoke life over me and looked mm-hmm. at me as the, the way that I could become in Christ, that did some wonders. That was the beginning of it. So seeing integrity, but it's when somebody spoke to me, not as where I was at that moment, how broken I was, but as far as what I could become. So that's what I lived the most, the rest of my life. It's just speaking life over people, bringing hope to people and leading out of my integrity. Would you, you two guys do that? Not leading out of your gift and your performing or whatever is out of the integrity and the purity of the heart. And you're looking at the soul. You're not up there for you. You're looking, you're after the transformation. And you're bringing hope. You're speaking life. You're making it different. Like you're sitting with that person. Pretty much we're doing what Jesus did with the woman of the well. We're sitting there in their pain and bringing hope and empathy. So that's what I do. And just to add a little bit of, of, of one of my favorite passages in scriptures, what Pastor Charlie touched on, on Jesus getting baptized and, and the voice we hear from heaven. of This is my beloved son whom, whom, whom I'm well pleased before he even started his ministry. And that's, that's powerful. And that's the reason why I'm where I'm at. That's why I talk a lot about being unbreakable, being unstoppable, courageous, mighty man, kingdom, meek of heart, man, that there's nothing can break me. It's because of that same exact passage that I live for now. A lot of people that, that followed my career, for the ones that they don't know, you know, I, I was able to accomplish through discipline with you, Pastor Dog. We talked a little bit about discipline and showing up through discipline and identifying the gift that God gave me and being a master of it, like mastering my craft on a single day, on a daily basis. I was able to accomplish what no other kid in the Valley or even the, the state of Mexico accomplished, which is to get to the big leagues and stay there for multiple years, right? But then by having an identity and understanding, finding a different identity allowed me, I guess, believing or, or hearing that I didn't have to perform for, to be somebody and allow me to accomplish what no other kid from 
Mexico has accomplished, right? To be able to come back from one and two surgeries, but to be able to accomplish what nobody else in the world has accomplished, right? Which is to have three major surgeries. The last one, I had every single doctor that I saw before the surgery tell me, if you do this surgery, man, your career is going to be over. And not only your career, but you may not be able to use your arm, your left arm again for the rest of your life. It's going to affect you when you're in your 40s, 50s trying to play with your kids because they actually removed my first rib. They did a peg minor release. It, it was like they said, people don't come back from this, man. You do the surgery, your career will be over. And I said, if I don't do the surgery, based on the symptoms, that's another topic about showing up and courage building. Because what you're talking about, Dr. Pastor Doug, it's, it's courage. Like we need, you can't have faith without courage. You can't sure. have faith without sacrificing the comfort and keep showing up even when you feel afraid, when you feel anxious, when you didn't have a dad, when you're whatever. It's just a showing up. I mean, that's it. That's that's the battle. It's just showing up through that process. And not only hearing what Pastor Charlie shared on that passage on Christ, but the transformation by the renewing of the mind. All of a sudden, my belief system became, I am like the father. I am the beloved son of the father. Christ came and did everything he did on that cross with me in mind. And he is well pleased with me. So I don't, no longer do I say what he did for me. It's what I believed about myself. And no longer I was trying to go out there and make a lot of money so I can, I can be famous and I can be, it, it became about, you have given me such a unique platform, Lord. You have placed me here. You have been with me every step of the way. And now my biggest drive is, is the message that I'm going to give in the future, the person that I'm going to become and how I'm going to be able to use it for your calling, for your assignment in my life. And I'm going to be an inspiration. So when that became one with me and I'm going through a rehab process where I had to stay in the hospital a couple extra weeks because I had some complications from surgery, I'm telling you, as soon as I left the hospital, something changed in me. Something changed where if people thought that I was driven and I was disciplined before the surgery, it went through a whole new level that I didn't, I went through another dimension, man. Like it's not a level, it's a dimension, right? Which my, my driven and I was beginning to pretty much be the discipline that I had in baseball. I was beginning to apply it and be disciplined. And I was being driven by love, by purpose, with a clear vision of the person that I wanted to become. So when the hard times came, I, it was a piece of cake. I was just showing up and it's like, and then he just gave, keep giving me the strength. Not only did I come back from that surgery, but I literally had 2015 and you guys can look it up. I had the best year of my career. Yes. And not only did I come back from my third surgery where they removed the rib, but I blew out a, a ligament in my finger on my first start back where people, people just with the, with the ligament you blow up, you have to miss at least three months. I didn't miss one start. Wow. So with the injury in my finger, third surgery, I've gone through a lot. And then I blew out my, my groin as well. I had the best year of my career. Wow. By just being driven by, I am well pleased. I wow. am who the father says that I am. I believe the same thing about myself. And it's no longer, I'm not seeking me to be accepted, to be approved. I'm not seeking to be famous. I'm seeking his glory. I'm seeking his calling, his purpose for my life. And it's to impact the kingdom. And I'm, I made a vow to God. And I said, if, if we do this, like we're going to do this together. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life impacting the kingdom, infiltrating. Lord, whatever, whenever, here I am. Let's do it. And, and my whatever, whenever has gotten to another dimension, right? And, but yeah, it took, a, it took a lot of courage building. So I like what you said. A couple of things that really sparked some thoughts. One is that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things should be added to you. So what was happening was not so much external, although that was real, all the surgeries, the injuries, but what God had done internally in your perspective that to even hear, you know, in my book, In Search of a Father's Blessing and other books that I've written, I talk about in that, that scripture that Pastor Charlie is talking about, that that's like the Lord speaking to from the whole earth to hear, that's my boy. That's mm. my son. And so through Christ, Colossians 1.12, we also give thanks to the Father who has qualified us. So now in my difficult times, I hear the Lord saying to me through his son, Jesus, Doug, that's my boy. That's my son. Or to a woman, that's my girl. That In Christ, we're empowered. We're encouraged because 
of who he is, and that he's already approved of us, accepted us, and is affirming us in whatever we set out to do, and that there is life beyond the moments of what we go through. And the other thing that you were sharing that really touched me, and actually I've seen myself, is how you've taken difficult testimonials and the victories, the successes, the, the good, bad, and the ugly. And now I've watched you, and I know Pastor Charlie has seen you do this, but even when you were in Houston and we visited for some time, you were discipling some other young men because they could look to you and say, if he's done that and he's giving us the time, they're showing you the respect because you've shown and proved the way by example that they too can find that place of relationship with the Lord and uh, to hone their skill in baseball as well or whatever entity of life that they want to go into. I live to, I'm a disciple that lives to make disciples. And I think that's what I appreciate and I admire so much about YouTube pastors is that I can care less about my name. And, and, and I think he's, he's blessed me to a point where I don't need ministry. You know, I'm at a point where it's 100% to, to give back, but, but it's a, it's a fine line that, that my biggest calling is seeing lives transformed and to make disciples. And I understand that, that one make me feel good religious sermon you know, which, which is why I tell people I'm not a motivational speaker, even though I can, I, I have a message to motivate people and inspire it, right? But it, it goes beyond that. And, and again, it, it goes back to what Pastor Charlie was talking about. It's like, yeah, you, I can get up there and fire people up. And we live in a world that it's, it's just full of like short videos and reels and hook them in, bring them in and more, more money for me, more fame, more numbers. And people get lost in that world. But are we seeing life transform in the church? Are we the light of the world? Are we walking in freedom? I'm all about what people walking in freedom. And that's, I mean, if we go to the scriptures, last time I checked, I mean, that's what the apostles did, right? It's, it's like two and two. And it's like you pour into the person and you do what Pastor Charlie said. You speak life into the person. You bring hope and you do life to that, together with them. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned from the apostle Paul, which, I mean, his testimony resonates with me a lot. is just that every time that he talked about Christ and he talked about the gospel, he always backed it up with action. He never said, hey, pay attention to what I'm about to say. He said, pay attention more about how I live. Pay attention how I am in private. Pay attention how I work with my bare hands to provide. Pay attention to I am the same person on the public pulpit that I am with my family. I'm leading out of that healthy. I'm not perfect, but I'm a healthy person. Sure. So that's what I try to do is like I tell people, it's like, yeah, pay attention to what Christ has done and pay attention to the passion of how I worship God and how I speak. But I want you to pay more attention of how I do life when I'm not performing. You see that it's one person, single-minded, sober mind. I'm leading and I'm walking out of the integrity of my heart. God is so faithful. He's so good. And I'm seeing, I got to a point where I have some people that I'm discipling and I'm seeing this, I'm making disciples that are making other disciples now, younger men. And I'm like, that's it. And now if the Lord chooses to do with me, what he's done with you two guys and take me all over the country and the world and, and speak to, okay, we'll do it. But in reality, that's not me. So the second biggest blessing of me going to Pastor Charlie's church by the church is like, yeah, I received so much and, and I love his heart, his family, the ministry, but it's like the deep conversations that I've had with younger men there. I spoken to the young group ministry there and just like seeing them on a Sunday, they come up to me. It's like, Hey, I saw your video and I'm doing this and I'm reading the Bible and I'm staying and I'm feeling a lot better. I was able to deal with some addictions and thank you so much. And some tears coming. I'm like, that's what I'm about, man. I'm, I'm about the transformation and really being fully present with the person. And then they, they can see that it's the same exact person at all times. That's where I'm at. Well, I love that. And I want Pastor Charlie also to give how people can get a hold of each of you. But also I wrote in my book, Leadership Awakening. And, and thank you, Jaime, for encouraging me and just telling me you read through that and, and uh, really ministered to you. I'm just very humbled by how many people said, look, it's not just a leadership book. It really is about filtering through God's word and what real success is. And one of the things I wrote was the scale of success and value of our worth cannot be measured in how big we build or how much we may acquire in life but it's in the legacy we leave to others. Lasting mm -hmm. success is to keep one's focus and perspective in life and to keep a rightness of attitude and character. And I think that's so true that we sometimes misappropriate what success in life is. Look, each of you have an element of success and you know people might see us and say, oh, they're successful. 
but it's a process to possess the promise that God has given us. And we've had to persevere. We've had to be leaders who look beyond our situations and we see it as something bigger than us and that we're serving God who's given us the passion to want to disciple people, encourage people and motivate people. It's not to, to draw people to us. It's for them to see Christ in us and for us to redirect them to the one who gives them true sense of affirmation, approval, acceptance, success, et cetera. So each of you give us some final thoughts and how can people get your books or find out more about what you do? Uh, each of us have elements and stories. Everybody has a different story, but ultimately true success is in the Lord, isn't it? So give me your final thoughts and some of the things that God's spoken to you, Pastor Charlie, and, and also Jaime. Well, I think that uh, success, we need to go back to God's definition of success, right? And that will clear up so many things. Uh, we talk about careers, we talk about money, we talk about goals and achievements. All of that is great, and we can definitely use those to honor the Lord. But true success is integrity of heart, what, what Hyman mentioned and what you, you have mentioned, Pastor Doug. I think that the reason why the church in America is suffering so much and is being antagonized and uh, so many people are being hurt uh, by the church, it's, it's not that we lack motivational speakers. We have great preachers more than ever. We have great literature more than ever. We have great seminars. We have great conventions and conferences. What we're lacking is models. We mm. need models of true Christianity. Wow. That's what is lacking. And so if we couple everything else that we have going for us as a church, along with integrity, along with models that people can follow and point to and say, listen, it's not just a theory. It's not just a creed, but listen, I see it in, in flesh and bone through the life of Jaime Garcia, through the life of Doug Stringer, through the life of Charlie Martinez, when they have true models that they can glean from that, like Paul said, you know, hey, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. You know, what do we do nowadays? Nowadays, we do the exact opposite. Hey, we say, don't look at me. I'm going to fail you. I'm just as human as you are. Put your eyes on Jesus. And that might sound great, and it might sound very spiritual, but people need people that they can follow tangibly. They can't see Jesus, but they can see Jesus through you. And so we need more courageous men and women like Paul that say, hey, if you're looking for Christ, follow me because that's who I'm following. If you want to be led to him, look at my life. Let me model it for you. I'm not perfect, but I'm intentional. And I will imitate Christ as much as I can. And so that's my encouragement to everybody out there. Just model Christ and don't be afraid to lead by example. That also makes us accountable when we recognize that we are to be imitators of Christ. I remember in my mid-20s, I developed a t-shirt that said, God is not looking for clones of modern-day Christianity, but imitators of Christ. And that is to that quote you you gave Pastor Charlie about Paul, that we do need to be imitators of Christ and people are going to be watching and the closest thing to Christ they're ever going to see is Christ in us. And so it makes us accountable too to reflect the kingdom of God. We're on social media as Vital McCallan. I'm also on social media as Charlie Martinez, C-H-A-L-I Martinez. So you can search me at Charlie Martinez on Instagram, at Charlie Martinez on Twitter or Charlie Martinez on Facebook. Thank you so much, Pastor, and appreciate your friendship. And I've gleaned quite a bit just being around you and uh, looking forward to what we can do together for the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Amen. I may give us uh, some final thoughts. Yeah. So I'm going to add a little bit on what you both said. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for the book. And you're right. I mean, I think the book, it goes back to what Pastor Charlie was sharing. Is, and that's what I'm trying to present the world is that when we're abiding in Christ and we're connected to divine, like it's not either leadership or humility in serving people. It's like what we see at Bido is like we see it, for example, it's not a perfect church, but it's a healthy church that is leading out of the integrity of the heart. And I've been around some like successful churches, mega churches in the in America that the leadership, the professionalism, the preparation, the excellence that Pastor Charlie is bringing it's up there with anybody. And I would even put him at higher, not trying to make him feel puff him, puff him up, but I would put him up higher because to be able to do what he does in English and Spanish, and I'm, I'm bilingual, I, it's, it's really difficult. So people may say, well, you know, you grew up in the Valley, you speak, no, 
No, to be able to do it and articulate in one language is already hard enough, but to be able to prepare a message for two and bring excellence. Like it's not that I, I love Christ, it's all about the transformation. And then there's no education, preparation, leadership principles. Like you, you, you teach us in your book, Pastor Doug, it's like we, we present like, yeah, I love Jesus and I'm leading out of the integrity of my heart. And I can honestly say, hey, pay more attention. Like Paul says, it's like, watch me, watch how I live life because I'm, I'm following him, right? We're open to that. But I'm also like, I can also be the best speaker. I can also be the most articulate and I can also fire it up a crowd. Like if that's what he needs, okay. But we're leading out of the integrity of the heart, you know, and that's what I'm so appreciated. And I think uh, the, the number one reason why Pastor Charlie and not too long, I mean, it hasn't been two years, like you said, I think in a year and a half since I met him, I've gotten so close to him and he has become my pastor in McAllen and, and I'm so grateful for his life. It's just because my prayer over the last two, three years since I've been retired has been, Lord, please bring people into my life that, that understand how the kingdom works, that are walking out of the integrity of the heart, that walking out of the purity of heart. And it's about the transformation of people. And that's what he did. That's what he did with Pastor Charlie. It's the same thing. You know, you're preaching on that Sunday at Vital Church and your testimony with your, your singleness. You know, we talked about that. And that's another topic. It's like, it, that's that's it. It's like like-minded people that understand the kingdom. Because as, as Pastor Charlie said, nowadays with, with Christianity, we have a lot of a, the lack of integrity, right? We've gotten into a point with social media that it's it's the what's in it for me mentality. And automatically, when people look at me, they look at, oh, he won the World Series. He's got a lot of money or he's made some money. Bring him in. He's good for, for ministry, right? Instead of looking at the soul and doing life with people and seeing like, wow, you, you have a ministry, but good. I mean, you have money. Great. I mean, we, I'm not better to Christ because I have money and I've, I played baseball. No, it has nothing to do with that. The first will be the last and the last will be the first. Like it's nothing to do with what the world says, but automatically we put labels on people. We, we categorize and say, you know, they, he's, he's got a lot of money. Okay. Bring him in, let him do whatever he can do. So it, it'll bring more people into our church. My prayer, I've seen that. And, and I, I went from being the person that discerns the least so clogged up to where now I can discern the heart of the person, the integrity. And whenever I get to meet somebody like that, I'm like, I want to, I want to connect with a person like that. I want to do live. I want to serve with them. I want to strengthen what they're doing. And maybe they can do something because we're in it for the kingdom to impact the kingdom. And I care less about anything else. So that's where I'm at. I, I think as far as Pastor Charlie said, I mean, with, now I'm trying to, I'm trying to get some advice and, and some mentoring and help from people like yourself, Pastor Doug and Pastor Charlie with the whole, you know, speaking engagements and social media. And I, I'm the worst, man. And I think I tell people, like, the main reason why I'm where I'm at in my maturity and my, in my, in my walk with Christ is because staying away from the comparisons and the, the, the clutter and the noise of the world with social media. And I love that. So now, as you, you were talking about the videos that I do on social media, everything that I do is live, man. Because God has called me to do just live, authenticity. I'm not performing. I'm not editing. I'm not... I'm not you know, changing things. I just go and open up my heart and I go, Hey guys, this is me. I, I can't come and fake something. And, and it's just like, it's, it's my, it's my heart. Right. Does that mean that I can do a better job as far as how I do it? And I, maybe, and I'm trying to get advice and help from people like yourself and pastor Charlie is like trying to see how I can handle this better. I'm trying to hire an assistant. I'm trying to, you know, with this whole book, I do, I'm willing to it. But the main thing that I'm trying to pay attention to is guarding my heart and guarding my mind. And I'm beginning to go and follow the patterns of the world. And then before you, before I know it, I'm going to get back into work. No, because like Pastor Charlie said, the world doesn't need more amazing, fired up, motivational speakers, preachers, performers. No, the world needs people that are connected to Christ, that are walking in freedom, that are walking in the light, that are the light of the world, and they're letting the light shine. So I, I, my focus for the rest of my life is try to protect that and then get connected to people like yourselves that are doing it, that have been doing it and see how we organically can, you know, spread that message and go and reach people. And okay, perfect. Social media, like you were saying, I have a, a Instagram account, Jaime Garcia Oficial. And then as far as like emails and all that, all, all that'll be, once I have all that structure, well, like it needs to be done because I understand I'm all, I'm trying to get better in my scheduling and my ordering with, with emails. But yeah, just that uh, Jaime Garcia official account and Instagram. 
And then I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm a Kings man and I'm open to go speak in conferences. If things will pop up, if it's going to impact the kingdom, I'm, I'm in. So, well, I know you played not just the Cardinals, although that was the, the team that you mentioned. And of course you played uh, as a world series champion. And I think that was in 2011 and then your best year of 2015, but you also played for the Atlanta Braves, Minnesota twins, New York Yankees, Toronto Blue Jays, Chicago Cubs. I mean, you know what it was like to be at the pinnacle and being around all these people in the world's view of great people. But yet, I just want to encourage you, you found the greatest success of all. And that is that place of knowing who you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And as a result of that, those experiences become a platform for all of us. God gives us stewardships of platform, not to worship ourselves or to be enamored with our own press, but to use those platforms and our testimonies to bring honor and glory to our father in heaven. And so both of you men and, do and that true. well. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add one quick thing to Pastor Doug. Sorry to interrupt. And for people that, that maybe are not, you know, maybe they're not walking with Christ, but are sports fans. I've lived it, man. Like now I understand completely the Apostle Paul and what he says, but I've been there. I've been at the highest of the highest, right? I was starting pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals game two against the Rangers. Game six, the, one of the greatest games in World Series history. I was a starting pitcher at Yankee Stadium, Yankees, Red Sox. And for people that, that know baseball, that's that's the highest it gets as far as rivalry being in that stage, right? Like you can only have maybe, I don't know what's in football. I, I mean, I used to be the Cowboys. I don't know what it is like now, but it's like Real Madrid, Barcelona, and in, in Spain. Like there's only very few teams that would be the highest of the highest, right? I was at Red Sox starting and pitching against against Fenway Park with the Yankees pitching against the Red Sox. Like I, I've been there. I've experienced but like Paul said, I'm going to say it from, from my heart and my soul. I consider all that pure, like lost, compare it. And this is the thing. I only use it for the glory of God. I only use, I wore my, my ring only like three times just so people can, can see, hey, yeah, look at this. But compared to being connected to Christ, com connect, compared to being like abiding in him and walking in his purpose and freedom and his assignment for my life, it's not even close, man. Like it's, it's like, this is, I would tell people, it's like how I'm living my life by abiding in him and walking in freedom and walking in his purpose and loving them people and serving and letting the light shine. It's like literally winning the world, the world series on steroids every day of my life. Wow. Like it's, it's, but, but at the same time, like I going back to leadership and going back to the excellence that pastor Charlie brings, I tell people, I'm not telling you to not pursue your dreams. I'm not telling you to become a person of excellence. It's the complete opposite. I'm trying to tell you that if you have on your soul and your belief system and that like Pastor Charlie talked on Sunday, it's like your heart, your essence, right? You're, what's driving you is, is the blood of Christ, is the grace of Christ. Then you're going to become an even better baseball player and you're going to accomplish everything. And it's going to position you for, for blessings that you never even thought, even imagined or possibly were possible. That's where I'm at. Like I, for a while, I would read that scripture from Paul and I would go, eh, does it really consider pure joy that he speaks six languages and he's he's a Roman citizen? Or is he just, and I mean, considered lost? Or is he just saying it to sound cool? And I I, I remember I used to, I, I, I quoted that, that scripture years back and I said it just so people could go, oh my gosh, she's so humble. But now I'm literally like living in that passage. I'm like, that's me. I only want you to look at the rings and my accomplishment, my discipline, so you can look at Christ 100%. I think we need to pray uh, Pastor Charlie, that that Jaime gets encouraged in the Lord. That we just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely carries the passion for the Lord. Oh and my gosh! People have seen it. You've seen it, and uh, not just in the words, but so thank you both so much for being with us. And and uh, <laughs> since Pastor Charlie, you open in prayer. I'm going to have uh, Jaime a few closes in prayer and just pray for those that would capture the essence of what the Holy Spirit saying to them as we close in prayer today. I thank you so much for grace. I thank you so much for your mercy, Lord. I thank you so much that that we are your beloved sons, that we don't have to do anything to perform for you, for you to love us and accept us and be well pleased with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because, because without the cross, without Jesus Christ and the resurrection, we're nothing. We, we don't have that hope. So I, I thank you so much for Pastor Doug and Pastor Charlie's lives. I thank you for the friendship. I thank you for their obedience. I thank you for their the integrity of their hearts even though they're not perfect, they're, they're leading and they're walking in integrity. I thank you for the excellence and the leadership they bring in on a daily basis. 
Lord, I, I thank you so much that that it is you, it is you, you no, know, it is you who's leading and, and talking through me. Uh, I, I thank you for the people that are listening or are going to be able to listen to the, this podcast. Uh, thank you for their hunger, their willingness. And I pray that you would speak to their hearts and, and let them know that, that that's all you're seeking, Lord, just like you did with me. Like it doesn't matter how far away you are from home, but if you have the willingness and you seek him with a humble heart, that's all we need. You take care of the rest. And I would encourage anyone that is going through a battle, whether it's a, a, a battle of the mind or physical battle, whatever it is they're going, that they would just continue to show up, continue to build the courage muscle and allow you to be in the center, allow you to fight our battles. And just, just in the show up that they would fight encouragement and strength because, because when we're weak, just grace is sufficient because that's when you become strong. That's when we learn to walk by faith yes, and not by sight. Yeah. Lord, I, I pray that you would that you would continue to guard my heart in our hearts as we continue to seek the kingdom expanded. If we make it about disciples and not about ourselves, not about my numbers, not about my fame, but it's about lives transformed and that we would get aligned, we get connected. We have the aroma of Christ. We're the light of the world and we just go out and let the light shine. I thank you so much, and I pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.